Welcome back to Wherever You May Be, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Today I'm joined once again by Chris. Chris, how are you doing? Not bad, yeah, not bad. A bit tired after deadline day, but yeah, pretty. Stayed up late, yeah. did you? Yeah, pretty late, pretty late. I was I was lumped with the late shift, unfortunately, so I was I was there right for the end of the the sale business. But yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, I'm sure. Well, we are. We will be um, looking back on that Liverpool performance at Anfield, that one-one draw. But first, we have to talk about the transfer window. Um, I was like going into yesterday, it changed so many times. Like first the Kounde deal was on and Saul was off. Then Saul was on and the Kounde deal was off. Then both of them were off. But how happy are you that we got Saul Niguez over the line before the deadline yesterday? Yeah, I think uh, Sal was probably like the more pressing piece of business, especially after we saw N'Golo Kante aggravate that ankle injury at the weekend. Um, so... Yeah, getting Sal through the door, getting kind of quality depth in centre midfield was important. And obviously he offers a hell of a lot of experience, a lot of um, uh, uh, winning mentality and um, the kind of player whose profile we've sort of been missing, I would say, um, as a sort of more physical, taller, um, more kind of phys- yeah, physically imposing central midfielder who can also kind of carry the ball forward. Um I know Mateo Kovacic does that, but I'm I'm sometimes a bit, I feel like he's a bit loose in possession and also maybe a bit lightweight, even though he does sort of put in a physical shift. But um, yeah, definitely offers something different. And I think we needed another another option there. Yeah, I think when I looked at Chelsea's squad depth, it was, you know, everywhere else, I thought we had one, at least two players, like solidly in, that, in those positions. Whereas centre mids obviously play a, a position where you have two players. Um, and yeah, we only really had three in that position, obviously, like you say, with Kante's injury, I think out of the two, I think he was the one that was, we, we needed that little bit more. Now I don't actually know too much about Saul. I don't know what his game is because I don't watch Atletico Madrid. Obviously seen him in the, in the Champions League a few times. I think he actually played against us, didn't he? In the, um, in the Champions League last season, but I don't really know. Did you see... Oh, sorry to interrupt. Carry on. Sorry. My bad. (laughs) No, no, no. I was just going to say, I didn't really know. Like, I don't really know what sort of player he is. Mm. Yeah, so I think what you can sort of expect from him is like a box-to-box player. Um, and just Scores quite great a good goals. Pass, Scores worldies. Passer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So <laughs> I think uh, uh, his issue was I don't think he played as much last season. And mm. it's absolutely mental. I don't know if you saw that. He gave like an hour-long interview on Twitch to some guy. I've no idea who this guy was. Literally like um, a Spanish, a, a, literally like a gamer. Yeah, last night. It was oh. literally at like almost 2 a.m. Spanish time, I think. And he's literally oh, wow. yeah, just sat there at home. Just on, chilling. On video, yeah. Uh, <laughs> giving this like really, really candid interview to um, this guy <laughs> called like Ibai Llanos or something. And um, just literally fully explaining everything about why he why he'd agreed to the move um, and literally how kind of a matter of hours before he'd been planning to stay, stuff like that. So it was really wow. interesting. But um, basically he was saying that um, Simeone has been playing him out of position quite a lot and mm. um, he wants to play in central midfield and that's a promise that that Tuchel's made him. Cool. 
I am. Um, I think as he did say, I, 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 it might have become from that Twitch interview that he was saying, you know, I'm going to train in my position and that's where I want to play. Obviously, I know Chelsea have got good options there. Um, you've said, obviously, he didn't he didn't play much for Atletico Madrid. Obviously, he didn't play much in his favoured position. That's probably what he meant. Um, he probably played a little bit more than we, we think. But is he going to play a lot for Chelsea? Is he going to be someone that Tuchel rotates often with Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic? Or is he going to be someone that sits on the bench, comes on to the last 20 and maybe if someone gets injured, he then starts? I think that will definitely be the case to begin with. But I think as we've seen throughout Tuchel's time so far, he does like to rotate. And I think um, if if he isn't given an opportunity, then it sounds like Tuchel's sort of breaking his promise and it will be unlikely that we'll be able to sign him permanently at the end of the deal because if this goes well it, it it promises to be a real a real bargain for Chelsea I think. yeah, yeah. Um, for a player who's only 26 still not necessarily reached his peak I know a lot of people feel mm. that he he kind of started really strongly but then has kind of gone off the boil in the last year or two um, but yeah I think Tuchel plans to use him a lot um, and he did use every all our sentiments a lot last season. I think mm. that was pretty clear. Obviously, having an extra option will will kind of lessen everyone's involvement. But um, with Kante starting with fitness issues, I think that kind of goes to show that it, that could be the case throughout the season. Um, hopefully, yeah. hopefully not. But um, it's not a great sign. Um, yeah. So I, 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 it sounds like he'll be given a fair crack. I'm actually like I'm. Um... Almost, I'm happy to to let Kante, to save Kante for the really big games, the top six, top six games, Champions League games, and, and play, rotate Jorginho, Kovacic and Saul for the rest of the games. And if that means that we're going to get a fully fit Kante when we need a fully fit Kante, not for the games against Palace and Brighton and, and Watford and Norwich, but the games against City, Arsenal, Liverpool, all of those games that, you know, we want to win, we need Kante playing. And I'm happy to rest him now, Thomas Duke, has has the luxury of being able to do that where he didn't before because we we really needed him. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, sort of yeah, we yeah. didn't have any any real backup other than probably Kovacic was the one that was usually on the bench. Um, now one player we didn't get, Chris, was was Jules Koundé, twenty two years old, centre back, a really promising centre back from what I've read and heard about him. But are you disappointed we didn't get him? But also, is it a blessing in disguise for someone like Trevor Chalaba? Maybe. Um. It is, and it isn't. It's, it's a weird one because I think because we play three at the back, it actually would have been good to have. I mean, I, I imagine he would have started, but and that would have created meant that we had a, a sort of quality option and rotation. I think mm. at the moment, thing things are good, but you have to sort of look at the longer term and the fact that um, Thiago Silva may be in his last year of the club. Cesar Azpilicueta yeah. is is aging. Um, and mm-hmm. are you necessarily going to be able to buy a player of that quality for that price? I know, I know. Eventually, Sevilla were asking for kind of significantly 80 more million than, euros. Yeah, that's a lot thought. of money. Yeah, just, I hmm. do think Chris, though. I think I think he's one of those players that you know we've shown that interest. We do, I don't think we needed to buy him now. I think if you're asking me which player we needed more in which position we needed more for this season only, I think it was Saul in central midfield. I, I agree. looked at our centre back yeah, yeah. options, and I think that as much as I would have liked Koundé, and I think that would have made our window a ten out of ten window. Um, I think there's there's potential there for us to go and buy him again if the next summer. 
say if Tiago Silva goes, say if Asby stays another year, but maybe is aging obviously even more. I, I still think that's like, if we want to go and pay that money for Jules Koon next summer, I think we're still in a position to be able to do that. But I can understand Chelsea not just rising their money because Sevilla suddenly asked for more. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like a very sudden change. So like, yeah, you have to respect the decision not to be sort of mess about so late. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think Chalaba's pre-season and early form this season gives us uh, a good option in rotation. I just mm. hope, again, yeah, as a team that plays there at the back that we have have the depth, but... Realistically, that wasn't like a concern going into the window, was it? I know we've sold Kazuma, yeah. but um, I think the strength and depth is there. Um, I know uh, that Saar didn't actually leave on loan as well, so I don't know whether mm-hmm. he will be included in yeah. any of our squads. But I think the worst comes to the worst, I suppose that's an option. Yeah, yeah, we've. I think we've got options at centre back. I think. <laughs> I think we do, providing hopefully most of them stay fit. Um, Obviously, we bought in Romelu Lukaku. We've sort of stopped talking about that now because obviously he played a couple of games and brilliant and we spoke about him a lot before he signed. Can't forget about Marcus Bettinelli as well. Forgotten <laughs> man. We signed him as well this summer. Um, but how would you rate our transfer window, Chris? Because for me, I think, you know, we, we've identified positions that we desperately needed in order to sort of make that jump from, from top four challengers to title challengers. And for me, it's like an 8, 8, 8.5 out of 10. I think it's been a very good window. Yeah, I agree. I think you're pretty much spot on there. Um, it feels like a much more sort of shrewd window. We've gone for very specific signings, targeted mm. signings, one signing who is world-class, one signing who kind mm. of still has the potential to be a top top midfielder and both improve our squad. Um, I think in recent transfer windows, I've seen sort of comparisons being made with when we splurged big time in 2017 and yeah. ended up with a load of players who are now sort of <laughs> deadwood uh, and they were still trying Alone, to kind of get rid still. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them, yeah, a few of them still ended up hanging about still. So yeah, it feels like lessons <laughs> we learned. And um, yeah, it would have been slightly more disappointing had we not got a deal for either Saul or or Kunde over the line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry for either of them. If, um, yeah, because although a striker is like definitely the mm-hmm. only thing we needed, I think the lack of depth in centre midfield could have become a problem, especially after we loaned out um, Billy Gilmore. So, two full squad for, for this season complete. Yeah, I think you can't really complain, can you? <laughs> it's no. just picking No, we definitely can't. It's, <laughs> yeah. been a, it's been a very good window and I'm, yeah, very, very happy about it. And I think I speak for the majority of Chelsea fans from what I saw on Twitter yesterday. Um, everyone was very, very happy with the signing of Saul and hopefully, yeah, we see the best of him in a Chelsea shirt. Right, we have to talk about Liverpool because we haven't spoken about that Liverpool result, Chris. It was a 1-1 draw, but did it feel like it felt more like a win? Yeah, it was just a really, really satisfying defensive display, especially when I think after that James red card, you kind of just felt that Liverpool rolled up and they they kind of believe they're going to win and then to shut them out in that fashion. Um, I watched, watching the game 
back uh, just they didn't have any clear-cut chances which is pretty remarkable on the home ground yeah, that's uh, I was saying I was saying that to people when yeah. I think I because I couldn't watch the game I was driving back from work driving back from the London Stadium so it literally just happened to be the whole hour and a half was pretty much when I was driving and I listened to it on the radio I got so annoyed by the red card and the sending and the penalty I literally just turned it off and didn't listen to anything on the way home um, <laughs> and I got back honestly I got to my friend's house because I was going out in the evening and um, I put on the radio and she got in the car and it had just finished. And it was, they were then saying Liverpool won, Chelsea won. Um, but it was, to me, that that felt like a win. It really, really did. And it, we'll get onto the red card and penalty situation in a minute. But that was a much better result for us than it was then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope our producer Purdy is listening. But um, it was... Oh my gosh, I forgot! <laughs> I can't believe I forgot! Oh, we needed him on here to give his take as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, as I said, they they didn't create anything, um, and mm. we shut them out. Chris uh, Andreas Christensen was magnificent. Um, mm. It's it's a bit frustrating. I think the consensus was that kind of had we had eleven men, we were sort of still in yeah. the in know, control. Like, yeah, mm. um, and we looked so much more dangerous going forward I mm. think that, that was the even with 10 men obviously the yeah. fewer attacks but the presence of Lukaku meant that we um we really posed the threat and I think to be fair to Virgil van Dijk he had a very good game against Lukaku yeah. but I think in some places that's been exaggerated probably Liverpool Twitter but um it was, yeah. a, it was a good battle it was fun to watch but uh yeah yeah, I thought I thought we had the clear uh, even with ten men. I thought we had the clear, most clear cut chances, and also I think our decision making at times um, wasn't you know so many times where mm. one player could have been played in and another player was played in it, and it just yeah. Anyway, but I thought we were I thought we were really good, and genuinely I think if it was eleven versus eleven, I think Chelsea win that game yeah. and win that game comfortably. I thought we were in control. I thought it was brilliant. Every player was brilliant. And from what I've seen of Romelu Lukaku's performance, even when he went down to ten men, he was so good at. When he when the ball came up to him, just holding it and letting others, you know, get up the pitch because he was isolated up there on his own for so so much of the second half. Um, but I thought it was a brilliant performance by everyone. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you to, think. We that the, I thought we were sort of like victims of that that rule change as well because um, watching it back, Fabinho especially could if so. You know, they're they're being more lenient on on physical challenges now. I think the referees, yeah. which which is working but there there were a couple in there that um that Fabinho. uh Fabinho, yeah exactly Fabinho yeah. I reckon he could probably have been sent off and the descent as well I know I know the Chelsea players weren't great for the red card but some of the, we got booked. the like they got booked for that do you know what I mean yeah they, exactly they, yeah. they said they shouted exactly. at Anthony Taylor they said what they said and then they got booked Fabinho made mm. how many challenges and didn't get booked didn't even get yeah. booked and Matip, Matip for a, a foul, which I thought was a foul, maybe he didn't make contact on Mason Mount. He li- uh, he lost it and he was literally having like a, a Oh yeah, he was, got, he was screaming, wasn't he? Was yeah, that when yeah, Mount, yeah. Mason Mount did that unbelievable yes, touch? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Such a lovely touch. But how how do you not get booked? I, I understand the physicality part, but if you're literally whining like a baby, yeah. uh, then you do deserve to be booked, I think. And that was like, he's yeah. so, such an experienced player. That was really pathetic to watch. But um 
But yeah, the and, Reds. And Cup, what Salah, did you make? Salah kicked the ball away. Like, how do yeah, you, how do you how know? Does, this is anymore? what I mean. Like, if you're going to be consistent with something, you know, you've been there's been nothing said about dissent and nothing changed about mm. dissent. So if you kick the ball away, you you should get a yellow card, and and that didn't happen either. Now I'll give my quick view. I'm not going to say too much on the red card because I think it's a rule issue rather than a ref issue. I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. I think if if that's not going to be a penalty anywhere else in the box then for me, it's a penalty and a yellow card because how can you give a double jeopardy when that wouldn't even be a penalty? If that was a penalty anywhere else in the box, I would take the penalty and the red card because you're getting, then it is double jeopardy. You're getting like double the punishment. But, but the fact it's not even a penalty if it hit because it hits his thigh first, it doesn't help that he sort of moves his arm to the ball the second I time. Think he doesn't that's touch the, the problem. ball with his arm. Yeah. He doesn't touch the ball. In that moment... The, the sweeping of the arm, he doesn't, the, the ball's hit his arm when it's come off his knee and it's hit his arm here and then he's like moved the, but he, uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into it too much, but <laughs> I think the rule should be, if it's not going to be a penalty anywhere else in the box, then on the line, it's a penalty in a yellow card. I don't yeah, know what did you like. What did you think? Did you think I get that you know the rules are the rules in the rules? If it's a penalty, it has to be a red card. But also looking at looking at a, a replay of it might have helped. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it would have come to a different conclusion, but that was also frustrating. I thought. Yeah, I think I agree. The rules are the problem. Um, didn't help. Mm. Anthony, Anthony Taylor decided to look at a still image for like a, a second, but um, I yeah. think that side-on angle where where Reese James sort of moves his arm forward. I can't I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, you, you say there's no contact. I can't remember off the top of my head like if he maybe brushes the ball, mm. but because there was so much intent in that. And I just think it was a reflex. I don't think he was thinking yeah. anything. But because he did that, yeah. I think he sort of he sort of did himself in a way. I think he would have gotten away with it. Um potentially had had it just hit his fire and then bounced bounced onto his arm but yeah that that kind of mm-hmm. that rule that dictates that you have to be sent off if it's if the ball's goal bound and it hits your hand um is is a, a difficult thing because usually red cards on the goal line are, uh, sorry handballs on the goal line are usually so much more intentional than that you know what I mean like yeah Luis, not Luis Suarez like a, in 2010 yeah they're yeah. trying to they're literally trying to save it they're like actively diving or Kieran Gibbs yeah, yeah, well, no, it was Oxlade Chamberlain, wasn't it? Yeah. Oxlade Chamberlain. Yeah. No, it was Kieran Gibbs, wasn't it? God, classic Andre. I know it was Oxlade yeah. Chamberlain. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Oxlade Chamberlain, but Kieran yeah, Gibbs. That's not your fault. That was that was confusing. No, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think it was. Uh, I think the rule is the issue there. Yeah. Do you know what's frustrating is that the the game was so good, Chris. The game was. Mm. I mean, I'm going on. I watched the highlights, and you know, it looked like it was end to end. But from everyone that was watching it, said it was a really brilliant first half of football yeah and that that card just absolutely ruined the game didn't it it did yeah yeah that that was the thing um I saw a lot of people saying Chelsea were dominant I don't think that was necessarily the case but as I said that attacking threat that we had just felt way Mm. more potent than Liverpool's um and Mm. um that meant that even though Liverpool had a lot of the ball and were putting on a lot of pressure, it made for a really good game because as soon as we got it, we were sort of springing back the other way and creating like half chances. But as you said, um, the final ball didn't help us. There was there was one in particular, mm. I think, when we were already already one nil up. Havertz, yeah, Not, exactly. He had a chance could have to played it to, to Lukaku, Lukaku, who I initially, yeah, watching it, I thought he was offside, but then the replay showed he, he was wasn't. literally. Yeah, so maybe from Havertz's perspective, he thought he was offside because I'm sure he would have, yeah, he would maybe. have had the awareness to play the pass. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it, it was a shame. But uh, I mean, we did what we had to do in the second half. Um, I don't. Yeah, was, I don't really know what people expected because you no, know. Yeah, I haven't seen any criticism. When, well, I have. I've seen a lot of criticism, mostly oh, really? from Liverpool fans, saying, well, you just defended for not, for 45 minutes. What do you expect Chelsea to do in that situation? Do you expect Chelsea to go at Liverpool and try and attack them with 10 men? Obviously not. That team are going to sit back. But, but it's not an easy thing to do. You're at Anfield, a full Anfield. This is what team that won the league. And it's a really tough place to go anyway when you've got 11 players, let alone 10. And Thomas Tuchel made the right tactics. We lost Kante. It's like losing two players. Um, I think it's just a clear difference on, on managers and when you go down to 10 men, that is how you defend. We we were brilliant defensively, but I have seen some criticism on, on Chelsea's second half performance. I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> all you can do is like strongly disagree with that. What are you meant to do? That's, mm. that's literally like arguably the hardest away game in the league. Yeah. Barring probably Man City, maybe, but yeah. uh, I still think Liverpool's up there, especially with that atmosphere. Mm. It was yeah. really intense atmosphere, especially for away mm. players, especially when you haven't played with fans really for the best part of eighteen months. So, yeah, um, I think they did exactly what they had to do, and it was actually really fun to watch from a Chelsea perspective mm. because it, it was clearly immensely frustrating for them going a whole half yeah. without conceding a goal with 10 men to a, a like fellow title contender mm. is is pretty spectacular in a way and I think it, it was evident at the end that Tuka was pretty delighted um, yeah. and I think most fans would have been as well yeah the only shame is that yeah with with 11 men I would have backed us to score at least one more yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, we should have really, we shouldn't we with Mason Mount mm. that chance as well. Um, we're going into the international break now. Annoying. Come at a, I don't know if it's come at a bad time for us. Obviously, we wanted to take that momentum and that performance into like another game. But you know, played three games, we've won two, drawn one, and we've already already played two of the top six away from home, or the big six away from home. So it's been pretty, pretty good start. You can't really complain too much, anyway. No, not at all. And in a way, sometimes the first the first um break comes at a good time and maybe players build up a bit of fitness but because they have so many games in such a short time um and obviously it'll be good to get Saul in I don't think he's in the Spain squad so he'll be able to kind of train and yeah get up to get up to Premier League speed before um Aston Villa after the break um mm. yeah so it's not the worst thing in the world I don't think yeah, I think it's. I think it's been a yeah, pretty good start. And I would, I just don't really like international breaks. I'm just like, oh, get them out of the way, hurry up, get it done. Um, everyone's tipping Chelsea for the title. A lot of people are still going for Man City, but there are a fair few people that are tipping, tipping Chelsea for the title. Do you think it's going to be a two horse race, or do you think it's going to be a three horse race with Liverpool, or maybe even a four horse race with Man United? I don't think personally that even the addition of Ronaldo for them makes them title contenders. I think they're still. He made them better, obviously, but mm. I still, after watching their performance against Wolves, if they had Ronaldo in their team, I still don't think they're, they didn't create any chances. You know, yeah. they didn't have any chances in there. They, if, if any other team plays the way Wolves did and have got, a, you know, a good attack, they've scored three before Man United have even got their first. So do you think they're in a title race? Do you think it's just Chelsea City? What do you think? Um, yeah, I do agree with you that I think the Wolves game, especially the Southampton game for United demonstrates that I think Solskjaer will be the problem for them. I just don't think he's sort of tactically adept mm. enough to to lead a team to the title. Um, Sancho didn't look great against Wolves either. I know that's like really early days for him, but 
we can't we we can't judge a, a signing from the Bundesliga after their first game. Yeah, yeah, that's but, yeah we know what it's like when people do that after that's after true. their first game. So mm, we've got to give them a season. It's another demonstration, <laughs> isn't it, of just how different the Bundesliga is. The Bundesliga yeah. specifically is to the Premier League in terms of how much space yeah. attack, attackers are given. Because um, mm. he's obviously like the assist, the assist king um, yeah. in Germany. So yeah, I think it's it's obviously really too early to judge. I think eventually it will boil down to Chelsea, City, and Liverpool. I still think Liverpool will be. Yeah. Up there. I don't. I don't think they had like a great transfer window or anything. But I just think um, they'll be better than they were last season by mm. by a long way. Um, and they've yeah. kind of finished last season in good form and carried it into this season so far. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think when things start to gel, I would like to think Chelsea will be among the very strongest. But yeah, City is yeah. hard to look past City still, I'd say. I think I think I'll be disappointed if we're not in a title race this season. You know, I, I think we've got the, the squad now to compete. I don't think we've really got any excuses. You know, we've no, exactly. been top four for a few years now. It's been quite a while since we were on the Premier League. So, you know, as much as I'd love to win the Champions League back to back, you know, I think go all out for the Premier League and try and do it over 38 games um, mm. and, you know, be the best team in England there. Um, we have got a tricky month, actually. Um, September is a, is a tricky month for us. We've got Spurs away, Manchester City at home. And then Juventus away. So what are you expecting? Are those games that you can see us winning? How do you think they're going to go? Like, what are they? And then we'll get on to, get on to the Juve game in a second. Um, yeah, I think, again, I, I kind of felt, I said this last week with the Liverpool game, it's sometimes good to get those bigger games out of the way earlier mm. on. Um, and pick up the points as City do in the games that you should be winning basically throughout the season as you say like over 38 games that's a long yeah. season it's not necessarily won and lost in those games against the top six I think yeah um, Arsenal I mean just it's not the game it used to be but obviously we won that um, drew away at Liverpool with 10 men for a large portion of the game so I think you would say um a draw at Tottenham and the form they're in would be a good result. But I again would say we're probably favourites for that, if especially with Tuchel's record against the top team. So it's it's hard to predict, but um I'm not I'm not particularly anxious about any of them. You kind of relish big games, especially when you're in the ascendancy, if that makes sense. And I think we're in a good place at the moment. Um City at home will be interesting, but um I don't again because it's so early. I don't think we necessarily need to worry too much about the result, which is a good thing. Yeah. So I remember, yeah, looking at the fixtures a while ago, and there it, it gets to a point um, where, so you know, you, it's usually around Christmas where we stumble when we have a bad season. This season, mm. our, our fixtures between sort of um, get relatively easier, don't they? Yeah, yeah, it's more mid-table opposition that you would yeah. say that is where we're going to potentially rack up a lot of points. So not. It's best not to get too yeah too um, granular about the the big games early on. I reckon. Yeah, I mean, I'm not taking a draw away at Spurs. Like, I'll I'll happily <laughs> take a draw away at Liverpool. Like, that's and, and a draw away at City. I'd have taken a draw before the game, but yeah, yeah, I'm not the squad we've got and the squad Spurs have got. Like, I don't think we. Yeah, I think we should be winning that game, and I think City For at sure. home will be a very good indication of where we're at again because. I think we said this at the end of Thomas Tuchel's first, obviously, end of, of the season last season. Then he beat Pep in the Champions League final and beat them in the league. And he beat them in the FA Cup as well. 
Is that three times we've beaten them, or did we draw one of them? No, um, it is, isn't it? I'm yeah, sure we did it is. That's three times three he's times. beaten them. We've, yeah. And yeah. I think that'll be an indication, especially this season, we've got Lukaku, they've got Greenish, you know, uh, to see where the two teams are at and to see, you know, sort of what the deal is there. So I think that's going to be um, really interesting. But like, yeah, like you said, obviously, you prefer them early. You don't want to be playing Man City. Well, when I say we've got Man City away, but you don't want to play Spurs away in April or May and, you know, needing a result from those games. So, yeah, I don't think it would matter too much. Um Juventus in the Champions League. Our Champions League draw got announced. We haven't spoken about that. Um, Malmo, Zenit, Juventus, and of course, Chelsea. We Did we get a little bit lucky in when you looked at the, you know, we were in pot one having won it, and then you looked at pot two, pot three, pot four. We've actually got quite a nice draw here, haven't we? Especially compared to some of the other English sides. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, pot two was was almost like arguably stronger than pot one, apart from because the... Mm. Because you've got like the French league winners and the Portuguese league winners in there, mm. it sort of it sort of like dilutes the pot a bit. But um, mm. yeah, we've avoided even though Juventus is obviously a massive name. I think we've avoided the more dangerous ones in there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think realistically, that's a game uh, a, a group will be looking to to win. Um, I don't know what you think, but the state Juve are in, they haven't replaced Ronaldo. Um, Obviously, that's uh, uh, he's a different sort of player to, he used to what he used to mm-hmm. be, but that's a lot of goals they've lost and not replaced. Um, and they haven't started the season well at all. So, so yeah. yeah, I think similar to when they were in our group years ago, they just, they just weren't quite where they were uh, mm. where they were at in those kind of intervening years. So, it will be a big a big event, a big fixture. But yeah, again, I think as European champions, as potential Premier League uh, challenges, mm. I think we should be yeah comfortably topping that group. I'm yeah, sure there'll be a, a dud result somewhere in there. There always is, not there? But <laughs> yeah, there always is. I think, yeah, I looked at that group and think, yeah, it's like, you know, Juventus are difficult. We've got still got some very good players, but um, yeah, with our squad, with our manager, I, I think we should top that group. I don't really think there's any any reason why we shouldn't. And, you know, I'd like to get to the latter stages, latter stages of that competition again. And I think... I genuinely think that, you know, I know everyone's improved and I know obviously PSG have got all their new signings as well. But, you know, how far do you think Chelsea can go in the Champions League realistically? Or how far would you want Chelsea to, to at least get to? I'd say I want to at least get to a quarter, maybe yeah, if I'm being greedy. I think a semi-final would be nice. I think the quality of the squad we've got is sort of reminiscent of those squads of the like noughties where we would mm. get to the the semis every season and I don't think mm. there's any reason why not I think we've seen um how much sort of financially stronger the Premier League is this summer than like the other European leagues and yeah. I think that could quite easily tell in Europe again as it did like back then um but yeah looking at the groups there's not I mean obviously upsets happen that's what you have to bear in mind and it's, mm. it's not on paper obviously, but there's not many teams in their current state that I would expect to cause Chelsea many problems. I think the biggest threats in there are the other Premier League teams, mainly again Man City and Liverpool, and then as mm. you say, as you say PSG. But um, obviously PSG and Man City are in the same group, so you never know one mm. of them could, one of them could slip out early doors. Um, but other than that, I just don't I don't see any of them being necessarily good enough to beat Chelsea. Bayern and Inter, I think. 
are both really good sides and obviously Bayern, Bayern always are, but whether they're at that same level and... Mm. And Inter, uh, did you say? Yeah, Inter just started the season really well. Without obviously, it's a bit yet. of... Yeah, there's a bit of difference. They've made some good signings though. But yeah. yeah, I don't know what you reckon, but with... I just have trust now in Tuchel, especially in two-legged matches. The way he sort of masterminded that run... Um, between He's a tactician, isn't he? Yeah, between the last 16 mm. and obviously all the way to the final last season. I just, do you remember, I just don't remember there ever being like a nervous moment where it felt like it might not go away. You know what I mean? It always... Apart from the Mare shot. Apart from yes. the Mare shot <laughs> yeah. in the 90, 93rd minute of the Champions <laughs> League final, that was the only moment where I was, I'm not going to swear, but I was, yeah, very, 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 very nervous. Like, oh, yeah. that's, that's the nicest way I can put it. Yeah, but apart yeah. from that, I completely get where you're coming from. Like, it was just, I mean, like 2012, we sort of fluked our way to the final and fluked our way through the final. Yeah, so but many nervy moments last... in that one. So many nervy yeah, moments. Yeah, <laughs> like a stupid amount. Whereas this time we like, we just looked comfortable, you know. We we didn't ever look like really conceding. Um, again, yeah, we could have actively scored way more goals than we did across that whole... Um, across that whole run. So, um, yeah, I've got 100% faith in Thomas Tuchel. Um, his in-game management, I also think, is brilliant. He makes the right decisions at the right times. And we did see a little slip-off in the league. Obviously, people have forgotten about quite a lot because of, obviously, the Champions League final, how we've started. So, you know, there, we did we did have a bit of a wobble and we did our best to try and mess up top four on the last day of, of last season. But, um, yeah, I think Thomas Tuchel's got it into me. I think he's a brilliant coach. And I think, yeah, he's the right man to... To lead us forward so Krish that is all we've got time for I've been rambling on it's been a it's been great to have you thank you so much for listening uh, if you could drop us a review it'd be very much appreciated subscribe if you haven't already and if you've enjoyed what you heard and myself and Krish will see you all next time here on wherever you may be 